You can have all the money in your hands All the possessions anyone can ever have But it's all worth this treasure True worth is only measured Not by what you got, but what you got in your heart You can have, you can have Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. You know, we had a What's On Your Mind Tuesday um, the other day. Maybe it was Wednesday. I'm, my, my days are different. But... I know that I need to just talk to you guys about there's a whole lot of things going on, and uh, we really need to ask ourselves, uh, you know, what are our legislators and elected officials thinking when they see all this craziness going on in our world? We have our president fixed on building a wall on our southern border, and we just had a bridge collapse, and... uh, South Florida, you know, and so it is important that we recognize our infrastructure needs a lot of money uh, to be rebuilt and made solid again, and this man wants to put billions of dollars on our southern border for no other reason than to stop people coming in. And I also want to talk today about what what I really feel about immigration. I don't necessarily believe uh, that we should uh, allow people 
uh, to have the every all the benefits of Americans when they didn't get into the country legally. But at the same time, I don't believe in splitting families up and just sending them back all willy-nilly. And I don't believe, and I'm not going to allow elected officials to make me believe that all these people who are coming here are criminals, rapists, drug dealers, and murderers. I don't believe that either. Uh, So we just want to get in a lot of different conversations uh, today and just talk about a lot of things that we need to be discussing about where we're going in as a nation. But what I want to first get started on is where your heart when it's related to honesty. I cannot believe of a more human trait that is important to life than just plain out being honest. I don't think you can get to where you want to go in this world if you're not willing to be honest and faithful to the truth. And it bothers me so much when I see so many of our elected officials just saying any and everything to us as though we're supposed to believe it without uh, researching it or making assuming that it is any common sense. So, uh, Cheryl, what what are your thoughts? What how do you value honesty, and how uh, how and what kind of ways do you display it? Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, Oh, boy, we do. We have so much going on um, today. And I, myself, um, you know, want to be as honest as I possibly could. And that means without deception, you know, because sometimes people can think that because we don't say certain things that we are being honest a whole lot further. You don't have to remember being honest. Um, you be, you're known as a person with integrity. And, you know, it, 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 it's painful to know a person who is a liar. And, I mean, we have some people that lie so much, tell they don't realize that that's who they are without integrity and in such a liar. Um, and people don't believe them. And we have so much, you know, when we, when we talk about politics, we have Christians that that's how we see them as, as liars. And, and it's not that we want to, but time and time again, so many of them have deceived the people and saying one thing and the next thing they are nowhere about the agenda. So when it comes to honesty, I want to be as honest as I possibly could with everybody and even with myself. If I'm called on as far as something that somebody see in me, I don't take offense. I began to look at myself with because I want to see what other people see and I want to see who I see because I want to be the best that I could be and I want to be a person known for integrity. So I guess that's what I, and you know, and I look for the same quality in people. 
And I run as far away from an individual if I find that they are a liar because I don't want to have any part to do with, you know, any part to do with them because I believe that I can't, you're not trustworthy. I can't believe the things that you're saying, even if sometimes you're telling the truth. I don't know what's the truth and I don't know what's not the truth. And to avoid trying to figure it out, I just stay away from you. So I believe that honesty is the best policy. And honesty will take you a whole lot further than not being honest. That's my take on honesty. You know, I just, um, I grew up in the church, and my mama always had me in the church. And look, you know, it's very hard for anybody to grow up and never do anything wrong. You know, so truly, there have been times when I was very dishonest with my my mother related to what I was doing. I had a daughter when I was 16. Uh, but growing out of adolescence, I have just come to understand or believe uh, that you cannot outrun dishonesty. Uh, if you're the kind of person that is constantly lying and taking advantage of people and making people's lives horrible, uh, there is going to be a price to be paid for that. And so we need to truly evaluate, you know, what role honesty plays in our lives and try to um, make sure that we don't ruin the blessings that might be ours by being living lives, living a life of dishonesty. Um, Dee, what, what is your thought about uh, honesty and what role it should play in your everyday life? Well, another tremendous topic, James. And uh, uh, Ms. Cheryl just kind of ironed it all out. Um, I think uh, when it comes to honesty uh, in today's world, um, honesty actually uh, takes a lot of patience to see the benefit of that. Uh, in today's time, uh, there's no profit to be made quickly enough in the in the in the concept and the in the philosophy of honesty. Um, it's hard to be a car salesman or any commission salesman uh, if you're looking for a quick revenue in the rim in the philosophy of honesty. And surely, uh, politicians don't have the patience. Uh, to to uh, have things uh, reveal themselves in a honest in an honest form in an honest honest format. So um, you know it's almost like uh, also uh, even uh, in today's uh, religious um, capabilities or religious beliefs, uh, honesty seems to have gone. Out for the for the for the for the season until uh, it seems necessary to bring it back to the forefront. That was one of the questions that you asked yesterday. Uh, where are these uh, religious persons uh, when it comes down to actually uh, speaking up for all the dishonest um, 
situation that seems to be at home today. Um, no one wants to be counted. But um, but once uh, once the smoke clears, then they then they'll come back as though nothing has ever happened. Uh, and quickly, just like um, this um, the midterm election or this election that was in uh, Pennsylvania a couple of days ago, um, all the Republicans now are stating that this person that the Democrat that won actually had uh, conservative views, and he liked Donald Trump and all this that, and the other. And, and so uh, there is no room for uh, uh, honest commitment. Everything is just smoke and mirrors now. And I think that's the, that's the premise of the question. Um, does everything have to be smoke and mirrors to exist in today's in today's world? Um, I'm under, I'm under the uh, the commitment and the conviction uh, to be as totally honest. As possible in in my life today, um, I'm like James. I um, being a uh, a young man growing up, um, I had my reservations to be self-centered and selfish, and in that, uh, uh, a cloak of uh, dishonesty was part of the facade. Uh, but since um, I uh, have a new conviction, um, that's no longer the case. And so, at all costs, uh, uh, honesty is part of my um, my my um, my makeup, and I'm and I'm and I'm glad about that. Thank you, James. And you know, I try real hard to believe in people, and I have a parking crew uh, that works uh, for me at the Wellsville Museum, and they park cars and collect money, and. Um, you know, I'm just thankful for the fact that I have honest people working for me. And, you know, I, I help check them because I know how many parking spaces it is and I know how much we're charging. But even at that, I know that they are the kind of people that I can, you know, I can depend on. And, and I also do anything for them because of the honesty that they have shown me. And But, you know, when I look at uh, D, and I want you to say a little bit about this, when I look at certain things and how people are so willing to steal boxes off your, your, your um, right in front of your house and how people are, are just so willing to, to um, you know, steal from their jobs, I, I just don't get how you can think stealing $1,000 is worth it when you're are likely to lose a job that's paying you thirty or forty thousand, and it seems like there are so many employees who just seem not to understand the importance and of being honest and being hard workers, and that somehow or another a seed of dishonesty and just getting over has been planted in people's lives. Uh, Reverend Smith, I mean, I mean, I just don't understand why these young people have gotten so indoctrinated and gotten away from uh, being honest to the point where they say, hey, if I can get over on you, that's your fault. So, um, you know, it, it, they don't think being dishonest is going to come back to haunt them. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Excuse me, but yeah, I, uh, how you doing? Um, 
it, it, it is a, a, a situation, I guess, that monkey see, monkey do. That's what I always say anyway. Monkey see, monkey do. We can't just flip the switch and put everything on the young people because we that are older, we've had our times in the barrel too. And we weren't that honest. Uh, I know in doing my time, if I brought anything to my house or thought about doing anything dishonest, my mama would have killed me. My daddy would have just, I don't know what he would have done. So uh, after mama killed me, I, don't, I guess I would have just been burned up or something. But the fear, the fear of wrongdoing is not in our young people today. And it doesn't really seem to be in anyone anymore today because we feel that we can get away with almost anything. And so that leads it to a point where people are saying, what the heck, why not? And people are always, even as a cop, people would say, well, that's entrapment. Entrapment is a whole different ball game than you leaving you leaving a hundred dollars on your dresser in your room at a motel, and you expecting that hundred dollars to come be there when you get back, and someone has taken that hundred dollars, and then you go back and they say, well, that was entrapment because they left it there for me to take. No, they left it there because that was their room. They paid for it, and it's almost like a vehicle or anything else out there. Even in the end of our lives I know my I mean God knows I mean I don't care what nobody say I hit an old man in the head with a pipe And got me $8.37 I told y'all that before When I was hungry And I was hungry I didn't care who I knocked in the head But at the same time It was wrong It was wrong We we don't realize a lot of times The wrong that we do It's not just Going to hurt us It hurt a lot of other people and that's where a lot of our younger people have missed the mark at. Oh, I, I, I'm doing, what's this got to do with you? There are no victimless crimes. I don't care what nobody tells you. There are no victimless crimes. Everything that we do, it affects someone else. Even sitting here in my house right now, all by myself, if I do something it's going to affect my children, my landlord, my whomever. It's going to affect somebody else besides just child. So that's the thing that we have to get over and out there to the world. We got to let them know that God is alive and he's watching us. And, and be, be ready to realize that he is not mocked. Whatsoever you soweth, that you shall reap. And a lot of people are not looking at reaping anything. They think reaping means I grabbed that $100 and I got that and I'm gone. They don't realize that there's a repercussion to that. There are good consequences and that's the, bad consequences. And good that's consequences what is so, that, that's what I have come to understand. You know, and like I say, I'm, I'm far from being perfect. But I just remember times in my life that I did the right thing. Uh, and, you know, I can remember when I used to work at SeaWorld and a man walked off and left his camera, and it was my job to 
that particular evening to sweep up and clean up uh, the eating area. And I saw the camera and, and thought to myself, you know, I really want this camera. So, okay, I am not going to try to steal this man's camera. I'm sure it's really important to him. I took the camera to our um, – we have a special place where they you you, you put – you you bring lost items. Lost. Uh, and if nobody picks yeah. the items up after 30 days, then they give it to you. And so I said, okay, I'm on, I know he's going to come back for this camera. And he came back for the camera. And I told him, man, I guess I took it to Lost and Found. You can go down there and find it. You know, I, 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 it, it was hard because I wanted to tell him so bad, oh, I saw somebody take that camera. But I knew yeah. that that wouldn't be the right thing. And, you know, you have to live that, with the things that you do and say. See, that's the whole thing. Go ahead, we got to live. But we do. We really do have to live with those things. And that's something that I didn't think of myself. And there was a lot of things that I've done in my life that I didn't realize myself. Even today, sometimes I say, well, Lord, I, I know you've forgiven me. But remember this. He forgives us, but he's still going to chastise us. Just like mom and daddy Correct. did us. Daddy used to always tell us, didn't it? They say, I'm going to get you. You know, two or three weeks or a month down the line, your mama go to whooping on your butt, and then she go to bringing up all that stuff from way back down the line. I said, wait a minute, mama. But no, you remember I told you I was going to get you. And that's the same thing that happened to us. And, James, it, that's temptation. Temptation is hard. You... You won that fight. You won that fight. And a lot of people don't win that fight, though. That was something you wanted because it was a nice camera. And you wanted it. I've seen things of that nature. Somebody came up to me down in Miami and opened up a briefcase, and, and, and in that briefcase was one million cash dollars. Said, if you just tell them you can't find me or whatever, this is yours. Don't you think that was a temptation? Oh, but sure. But I, yeah, I know you're right. I, I snatched, I snatched him up and took him down for bribing a law enforcement officer. You know, but mm. that was a temptation—a million dollars, cash, untraceable. But the whole concept—I knew I had to live with that. Now that was that was one time I knew I had to live with that one. And it's something that you no matter what we are doing and I'm through, no matter what we are doing, we got to live with ourselves. And that's the whole concept that I believe that. And Cheryl, that's what's so important. You know, people need to realize that things they do in the dark and being dishonest are not gonna go away. Uh, you know, so many our minds are so Wrong, uh, and we remember things that we did years and years ago that we shouldn't have done. That those being dishonest is not going to go away, and uh, mistreating your spouse, uh, mistreating your uh, children, uh, mistreating a coworker, you're gonna have to pay at some point. Amen. Yep, that's what they say. You reap what you sow, and Amen. you know I just finished going through this with um with a friend. He is getting the raw deal out of the relationship that he's in and he puts this woman that he was living with 
on his house. So now they're selling the house, and guess what? She gets half. She gets half of something that's not even hers. But you know what he said? He said, I've had good women in my life that I mistreated. And he said, I feel like all I'm doing is just getting back what I dished out. And that's true. I mean, we can't escape the things. You know, we think that we can get away with it. And we may get um, time goes on, but in a minute, it's going to catch up with us. We got to answer to that. At some period in our life, we got to answer to it. And that's just like him. And not only him, but all of us. The things that we do in life, God chastises us. And it doesn't mean because he doesn't love us. It means because he does. It means because, you know, he's letting us know that these are things that we should not be doing. And we know better. So, you know, just like with a lot of these um, politicians that's going to jail that we see so publicly now, and they're going to jail. They've been doing those things for years and years and years. It's just catching up with them now. You know, this just just didn't happen. And that's the same way with us everyday life. The things that we do, they catch up with us at some point. And most of the time, it's at the most inconvenient time of our life. <laughs> but, yeah, we reap what yeah, we Yeah, and you're so right. You're so right. And, and see, when I come to you, it's like you need to, to, to bank up some decent behavior or decent uh, it's almost like you want to get some brownie points because you know there's going to come a time when you're going to make a mistake where you are, you, you're you going to speak to somebody a little sharp or you're going to do something and say, Lord, I forgive me. You know, I wasn't right. Uh, because you, my thought is, I'm going to do the best by others so there ain't no excuse for somebody to think I, I mistreated them. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm a, it's almost like I want to go overboard to make sure that I I didn't I wasn't being selfish or inconsiderate. Well, James, you know, uh, I think that's why it's important that we, uh, you know, those of us that was brought up in the church, uh, uh, we come to recognize the teachings of the church. Um, and I want to speak to this real quick before I jump over on the evangelicals, because I got them. I got I always got a phone to speak with them now. But uh, you know, uh, that's why it's uh, good to uh, recognize that uh, you know when we see God's favor, and we have to be able to recognize what God's favor is. And before you can recognize His favor, you have to actually recognize His grace. You know, and like y'all know my story when I was brought. Back from the hell of, of, of the uses of drugs, um, I come to recognize his his grace, and then as a as a payback to 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 the Lord, to the Lord God, as a payback for his grace, I'm constantly trying to obtain and and trying to uh, show appreciation for his favor. You see, uh, because first of all, I recognize his, I recognize his grace. Now, uh, all of that. All of that, what Ms. Cheryl just said, you know, uh, the evangelicals, um, you know, to to uh, be all in, and I'm going to say that again, mm. 
to be all in with with the likes of Donald Trump, um, <laughs> they they really they gonna have to pay for that. See, Amen. like uh, like Amen. that's right. They gonna have to pay for that. You know, you, you all, all look. I, I said a month ago they they had a a, a hundred year head start on 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 us as people of color. On, on the on the teachings of the gospel, because you know for the longest time, as as our ancestor was not a, allowed to even read the Bible, so they had a, a long head start on on what on what the the premise and the expectation of God is on people when when you profess to be a follower of His of Him, and for them to be such hypocrites in that way. There's a price to pay, and so, Amen. um, so you know, uh, I, I, for a few months now, I've been getting upset about that, but you know, uh, I have learned, uh, in in my uh, experience here on earth, that you have to let God be God and let God do what He does. Amen. And <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pastor Samuel, <laughs> and, and and stay out of the way and let God do what He does. And so there's, like Pastor Smith always said, there's no reason to get all all, all upset and get your blood pressure all up because God is going to take care of the business. And, and the business at the end is his business. So uh, thank you, James, for letting me share that. Appreciate it. Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, Reverend Smith, D does bring up uh, the bigger picture. You know, here I am as a layman, and I, it concerns me that I know God is always watching me and again, I'm not always perfect, but I'm always trying to do the best that I can and try to overcome some of my um, my weaknesses. But how do uh, men of God, uh, and we're not talking about the weakness of the flesh, we're talking about the weakness of taking advantage of the United States, taking advantage of uh, the people and not recognizing or pointing the right kind of finger at what you know is not godly. Uh, how, how are they able to live with that? James, first of all, uh, I want to tell you, you, you constantly, I, since I've been on this line with you, you're constantly saying you're not perfect. None of us are perfect, James. None of us are perfect. And in the Bible, when you see perfect, perfect means mature, mature. You, you, you left from drinking milk, now you're eating steak, okay? You're never perfect. There's the only time we're going to ever become perfect is if we reach through those gates in heaven and be glorified by God. That's when our perfection will take place. But they, they are going, their day is coming. Their reckoning is coming. And, 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 and I'll say it once again I don't worry about it Because I know it, it, it's hard for me I'm like, I'm like D It's hard for me to listen to them It's hard for me to hear them Speak a lot of times And sometimes I just flip the television To another channel Because when the angel, and evangelicals Are speaking in reference to Trump I get very upset Because they're talking about Well you know, well you know I don't know anything you know this man is not is not a Christian. You know he's not a Christian. You know that he he he, he don't 
Anytime anybody talking about two Corinthians and all that kind of stuff, he has no idea what's going on in, in the world of Scripture. He did all of this in order to get the vote. This man is the biggest liar. He's the biggest everything, but we're not going to get on him. But what it is is evangelicals, uh, only thing they think about is abortion. That's the only issue they really got is abortion. It's almost like most of the time the ones that are screaming loudest are the men. The women are not doing all that screaming. It's their bodies. But the evangelicals' days are coming. They are coming. And I want to be here when, when God slap them upside the head. I really want to be here when he slap them. And I'm going to tell you, like I say all the time, all of them are not bad either. But they have gotten caught up. They've gotten caught up in this mess. And they got the head man who's out there talking for them. That's why it's bad sometimes to let somebody talk for you all the time. Okay? Sometimes you need to speak up for yourself. We we that's why I don't like this idea about where is y'all leader? What leader? I can talk for myself. You know they were they're always trying to give the, the 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 people of color a leader, a leader. You know we're supposed to have a leader in the president of the president of the United States, but we don't. So it's when it comes down to the evangelical, D, I'm right there with you, my friend. I'm right there with you. But once again, God got it. God got this. God got this. Watch and see what I'm telling you. God got this. Back in your hands. Yeah, it sir. is so amazing. It is so amazing to me uh, that they can sit back and be so quiet after they were so loud uh-huh. uh, when they put him in office and how he was uh, such a great Christian and he was such a great leader and, and all of this. And now when he on spit that hundred and thirty million, excuse me, I'm sorry, hundred and thirty thousand to keep this girl quiet in the middle of a thing, they quiet. But that comes back to honesty because the man has, you know, he he don't been married three times and each one of his wives he's cheated on. So the man has an issue with being honest. And and it's hard Amen. for us to convey to our children the importance of being honest when you have men like this in leadership, Cheryl. We have this man in leadership and we are we we have our children watching and they are observing him and saying, Why are you trying to tell me how important it is to be honest when we got a president who's not honest? Amen. Well, that's why it's important for us to talk to our children and to explain to them exactly what's going on. Don't hide that from them. And also to be the examples and to set people who are of integrity in front of them so that they will have better examples. I mean, there's nothing wrong with explaining to them that this is not, you know, God's way. This is not how we treat people. This is not the thing that we do and especially expect um, of them, you know, even with this um, prostitute um, issue Mm -hmm. that's going on. I mean, they act like, you know, everybody is, um, don't know what's going on. And (laughs) I mean, as 
as much noise as she making, as much as they're trying to ignore it. But, you know, if we talk to our children and we let them know, they know what's right and what's wrong. We don't have to um, hide anything from them and be honest with them. Let them know. This is not of God. This is not right. And then on top of that, we lead by example. We have to show them. You know, we can't can't just tell them that this is not right. We have to show them the right way and the right way to do things. You know, and I heard, you know, what you were saying about, um, I think you said you found the camera. You know, my children learned early on, anything you find, if you ever find a wallet, if there's an ID, then that means there's a face on that money. Whatever's in it, it belongs to somebody. And you get in touch with them, and we're going to give that back. They knew right away, you know, and you know how when you, after you think about it, you may have thought about all the things, you know, you could have done or whatever, but their first instinct is to give it back. And, I mean, I haven't even been with them when they come home and they say, Mom, look what I found. I need to get in touch with this person. Credit cards, money, and all. And don't look for nothing. If they give you something, fine. If they don't, that's still fine because that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do. We have to show them, you know, so they'll know that this is a bunch of foolishness that's going on and these people out here are are, are not of integrity. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Reverend Smith, one of the things I want to say about you is I like the fact that you got involved in politics, and I know uh, it put a strain on you as time went on, and I hope at some point in time I have, uh, the opportunity to get in politics, but you know when I when I hear what hurts me a lot is all politicians are are crooks, and you know I I think about I try hard as I can not to be a crook, and so when I say to you that there are things going on, and when you talk tell my trial, I went to college, and after I got out of college, I worked at Gordon's Jewelry Store, and we were told not to give uh, the customer but one piece of jewelry at a time. And then uh, Mm -hmm. I I was doing that, and I put a gold chain in my pocket because I wanted to make sure I didn't get a customer one piece at a time. And that chain Mm -hmm. stayed in my pocket all the way till I got home. And actually, my mama washed that shirt, and I found, found that gold chain on the floor in my washing machine. And and so mm. when I picked it up, I knew exactly how I got there and everything. And I just went back to the store and put it back in its place. But I can tell you that jewelry, that gold chain, probably had been away from that store two or three days. But for me, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna sell my soul to the to the devil just to get a piece of jewelry, or sell my soul to the devil to steal a a box off the of front no. porch. Them got delivered to their house, but these seem to be the things that we got so many people nowadays. That um, and I tell you another thing, and I know you've been around a lot of young people, and this has happened to me. I talked for thirty years. You pull up to a place, and a young person up there giving away food, and then they give you more food than you asked for, and you say, "You want to say don't do that? You know, uh, I don't want to give them no trouble, so I have to drive off." But so many times. Kids out there giving these companies food away, 
that these companies trying to make money, and they just, you know, and they don't understand you selling your soul to the devil when you're stealing. You're so right. You're so right, James, and that's that. That hurts. And 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 let's take it one one time, one step at a time, and go back to Stormy Daniels. Uh, the evangelical leader was on television the other day, and and they asked him about uh, that situation with uh, Stormy Daniels. And know what that man said? That man sit there on television and said, "Well, you know, we got to forgive him and all of this." and and uh, we all make mistakes, and and I I just I clicked the television off. I turned it off. I got so upset. Now, going going back, and there's not we all do have to forgive. Now, don't get me wrong, but for him to justify it, he was trying to justify it, not through forgiveness, but he was trying to justify it by his wording that he was speaking at that time. So I, I, I knew what he was trying to do. So I said, look at this, this food. And when you go, now going back to politics, yeah, going into politics, and there are some good people in politics, don't get me wrong, but those good people, those good people in politics, James, do not last long. They don't last long because you got so many dirty folk in there, you got so many people that are totally against them, and they're not going to get any particular seats on any of the special uh, uh, councils or anything of that nature, because you got to play the game. You got to play. That was one of my major reasons for getting out of it, because if I wanted to get something for my constituents, I had to give up something. And, and that means a lot of compromising. If you can compromise without selling your soul to the devil in politics, I want to know how that can happen, okay? Because you, it, it's hard. Okay. It's hard. Right. But a lot of them have tried. A lot of them are trying. When they go, they have all the intentions in the world of being the right. But when they get up there and it's like a bunch of snakes crawling on top of one another, and you know how that works. And they turn that snake into a snake. You know, so it, it's difficult. But out there today, in all of our lives, and Cheryl was saying the correct thing, we at home, we can't wait for someone else to do this thing for us. We at home got to do this ourselves. We've got to do it for our children. If our children are old enough, we got to help do it for our grandchildren. We've got to do we gotta make sure that they understand because even from the smallest child to the greatest child of the of the oldest child, they know right from wrong. We know right from wrong. But temptation is a dog. But some of them don't give a hill of bean about temptation no matter what you do. They don't care. They just, our attitude with a lot of our children has gotten to be, I just don't care. And we've got to change that in some way or another. And with me, it starts with the church. The church has got to stop doing what they're doing, doing everything they can to get the children in the church by letting them do everything that they want to do. And you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, at some point, you do have to set 
a standard. You cannot allow people to believe everything goes. Just because you want to get a full congregation. And, and that doesn't, I, I don't care if I don't have but one person in the church. As long as I got that, that person's soul is being saved, as long as that person, I'm not going to make a whole issue out of the fact that I come on, y'all, let's, let's get up here and, and y'all show me how to twerk. Uh, in the church, uh, uh, you, you show me how to line dance. In the church, do all kind of crazy stuff. What the heck are y'all doing? You're crazy. You know, that's not praise yeah. dancing. There's a difference in praise dancing and twerking and, and all this other foolishness that they be doing. So God's going to take care of it all, though. So we just got to hold on. We that know better got to hold on. That's all we got to do. And, Cheryl, we can't allow modern times to change what is honest and what is honesty. And like Reverend Smith say, you know, you can't allow, uh, you know, now that you have praise dancing, Make that a way to bring in uh, uh, sinful dancing, you know, and there has to be a line. You know, you're right because. Are you um, there, Cheryl? Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, I hear you, Cheryl. Go yeah, ahead. Okay, because I do liturgical dancing, and when I do that, I'm giving all glory and all honor to God. Amen. You know, it's the movement, it's the feeling that's inside of you that the spirit takes over, and that's what you're doing. You're giving praise, and that's what we up. We praise dancers. You know, we're not these um, dancers. You know, I've even seen them with um, with the pants on. And with the pants on, the pants are too tight to be in there dancing. You can't, uh-huh. you, you lost me. You lost me because I need the flow of it. I need to be able to to feel what it is that mm-hmm. you're speaking to me. You know? And that's how mm-hmm. we're doing. We dance and speaking in a way through the movement. And, you know, and I even teach it. So when I'm teaching this, I got my hand behind my ear with the girls or the guys and I'm saying I can't hear you and when I say that is I mean amplify your movement so that it could be seen and felt by the people that you are ministering to it's a ministry it's not a dance yes, that's going is. on yes it is you know right. so right. we can't bring those things into the church to capture the young people we got to bring the things that they can understand that they need to get involved in and not that we need to get involved in. It's not it's not that way. It's not that way at all. So no, that you know, when be. we try to um make things around them, we can't do that. We can't make it around them. We have to the church is formed. Now you come into the church. We don't go out. Thank we don't go the church you. don't go out. And we can't bring that garbage in the church because it's the God. And if we and if you do, then you don't have a church. You just got a gathering place. That's about That's right. a gathering place with a whole bunch of foolishness going on. That's right, Cheryl. And, and we have to be honest with ourselves. What it is we're trying to convey, to convey, and what is we are allowing uh, to be a certain way. 
And, you know, um, Reverend Smith, it's just like, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't be pointing fingers at gay individuals. And I, I think about we should point fingers at anything that is sinful. Now, you shouldn't have a man in leadership that you know is going home every night beating his wife. You shouldn't have a man in leadership you know who's going to Sister Sue's house before he go home. And so, you know, there are a lot of different things that shouldn't be in the church. And you don't mm-hmm. want you want to love people, but you don't have to love the sin. And so you recognize uh, that it is easy. I feel like it's easy to say, listen, I can't tell you what to do or when to do whatever you're doing when you go home. But I know that when you come here, I'm going to preach to you what is in that Bible and what is honest mm-hmm. and, what is, and what's necessary. I We cannot justify bad behavior. You know, it, it was like, uh, Reverend Zimmer, I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but this boy broke in a lady's house. She came home, caught him in her house, and he was he he confronted her in a in a in a uh, violent way, and he wouldn't stop doing whatever he was doing, and she shot and killed him. And the people said, "Well, he was mm. a good person. He just needed money because he was going getting ready to go back to school." And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> why didn't you come over to the lady's house and ask her, "Could you cut her yard?" You know what I'm saying? Something, Can I trim yeah. edges? You know what I'm saying? You cannot yeah. justify bad behavior. And I tell you another thing that kills me, Reverend Smith. When I was in the jail and I was at in the school, a young man broke in somebody's house. Uh, they called it home invasion. He got shot and he mm-hmm. died underneath the stairs. Or will he go to a better place? I'm, I'm like, wait, how do you get to go to a better place? <laughs> the last thing you did was rob somebody. I'm saying, uh, oh, yeah, you no. can do on the cross. You can ask God to forgive you on the God, That boy wasn't on no cross. Uh, no, he wasn't on no, no cross, no. You know, and so, he wasn't um, on no cross. It just, it, people act like they can wait till the last minute to say, I forgive you. And that's like, no. that's why about everything else. And no. I'm just saying, no. Reverend no. Smith, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm not, a, you know, that. Again, you know, you say don't be. I look. You can call me on some things, but you ain't gonna get me in the street doing all kind of stuff and think I'm gonna go to heaven. I don't know if I'm gonna go to heaven or not, but I I ain't believing that I can do everything in the world and then at the last minute say God forgive me and I'm going to heaven. And that ain't honest. And you try to be honest. That's not honest. That's not honest. And a lot of people get they get it all mixed up, James, because of the male factor that was on the right hand of Christ when the two male factors was on the cross and, and, and Jesus was put on the cross between the two of them. And what they failed to understand is this was a total different circumstances that God wanted them to see, that if you get your act together, but you've got to confess it in your heart and believe it, you know, confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, See, this man took up for Jesus. See, these people that got caught in that house, and he got shot, he didn't take up for nobody. So, no, he ain't uh, no, he, he going to a better place. He going to a better place, all right, because he won't get caught stealing no more. 
or whatever the situation is. So we, we, we've got right. to learn to learn how to interpret the Bible the right way. And and a lot of times when we're talking about uh, the people that are uh, the homosexuals and stuff like that, and a lot of times I was an outcast in my own uh, denomination because I, I just I just couldn't do it. I, I if a man was up there preaching the, preaching the gospel and I would just walk out because I can't listen to you preach God's word and knowing that you're gonna leave there and go home to a man. I, I can't do yeah. that. That that's being hypocritical for me. And I'm gonna jump up and shout and praise the Lord and you doing it. Yeah, you can do all that. I don't. Whatever you do is your business. I don't really don't get me wrong. Whatever you do is your business. I have nothing to do with it. But what I'm saying is, don't bring it in the house of God. Can't just bring anything in the house of God and expect it to be okay. And see, that's where we've gone wrong. We've gone real, real wrong. And we've got so much of that going on now in our churches. And that was the one thing D was saying. And this is so true. We've got so much mess going on in our churches now until that's why I decided to write the book that I'm writing now, transitioning from policeman to, to, to the, from the police to the pulpit. That's, going, that's the name of my book, from policeman to the pulpit. So I, I, I want, I mean, I've got to tell this story. If, if, if I would right. rather be out there as a policeman a lot of times, James, I'd rather be out there as a policeman than to be in the pulpit looking at and knowing what I know sometimes. Because and you have to be honest. You got to be honest. Let me take a shot. You got Let me take a shot. I got to go. We'll come right back. <laughs> Y'all know okay. I got to go. So I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You know I love music, and every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun, but it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to, let it go, can't let this thing call up.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.